0: on Local Now, Channel 525.
1: It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The Answer.
2: Well, just to make sure that our introduction is accurate, we will have a high-profile guest on today, and we will have an everyday caller, an everyday New Yorker calling in, uh, although he's a very special New Yorker. Um, we're going to have uh, gubernatorial candidate Andrew Giuliani, who's going to be on the line in our very next segment. And I look forward to hearing what his dreams are for uh, New York State. But before that, I just want to uh, touch on a couple of things. I want to tell you what I did today, this afternoon. I went to a big luncheon for business people. Um, it was the Crane's Business Lunch, and it was out honoring the most powerful woman, women, according to Crane's Magazine anyway, um, in the state of New York. But it even went outside of New York a little bit, all the way from, uh, obviously, our Relatively new governor to Tish James, the attorney general, but of many many uh, business people and people in business, and there were some keynote speakers, and it was very entertaining. It was, you, you know, depending on how people handled the p- pandemic, for many this was the first time they were out and about without wearing a mask. Uh, I'm not going to say that that's true for the law firm of Idola, Bertuna and Gammons. Um, for many, this is the first time they were out and about. As a matter of fact, of the several speeches, many people were saying, well, this is the first time I've actually put on a dress or this is the first time I got dressed up. Uh, I like my COVID wear better. I just want my sweats. Um, it, it was the, the euphoria. In the room. And I, I, know that's a big word, but people were so happy there were about uh, at least 200, 200, maybe 300 people in the room here in Midtown Manhattan, uh, at a location called the Manhattan Manor, which I've never been to, but it's a very nice location. It's right by Rosie O'Grady's bar, uh, up the block from Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, which, uh, my friends and I are very, uh, acquaint, well acquainted with. Um, but the Cranes business luncheon, uh really featured some fantastic speakers and one was um Kimberly Godwin who is the president of ABC News like the ABC News and um I believe she's the only female president of any of the major news um network news anchor uh outlets she was just fantastic she was um motivational and obviously this was geared towards women and they really highlighted the struggle that women have, being a mom for those who are mothers, and being a very powerful professional. And she, you know, it's no secret. She told it to this room of three hundred people that she was a single mom from when I think her children were, or at least one of her children, was the age of four to the age of twelve. I think those were the the ages. And she was in the news business. Obviously, she wasn't the president at the time. And she told a story about how she would literally keep sleeping bags and an overnight bag for her children at the front door because she would often bring them to work. She would also like breaking news is happening and she had to go in and she would bring the kids with them and they would sleep in her office. And I mean obviously it wasn't a regular occurrence, but it was what she did as a mother to bridge the gap – between motherhood and the uh, being a career woman. And the interesting part for me and what made me so proud to be there was my wife, Marianne Bertuna, who's also my law partner, Idala Bertuna and Kamins, Um She was uh, chosen as one of the powerful women in the law by Crane's Magazine, and that's why Crane's Business Magazine, I think is what it's called officially, and that was really why I was there. I was supposed to be there with Marianne, but simultaneously, Marianne was home with our newborn and doing a closing remotely at the same time, and I was just touched, besides being so proud... Being there representing Marianne and in in her stead, I brought our other partner, uh, Diana Fabi-Sampson. But listening to these to these very, very accomplished women, the woman was there who helped um, the the Ratner, Bruce Ratner, put up the, the Barclay Center and hearing their stories of being a mom and being a professional and how difficult that is and uh the accomplishments and they were gushing with pride as they should and to think that you know someone in my family not just someone not just my wife my mom was a full-time school teacher for almost 50 years 40 some odd uh years and, and you know my sister and i knew she worked but as a school teacher she basically worked the same hours where we were in school so she was always around my sister also a a teacher my mother-in-law nanette she worked in the, the photography studio side by side with her husband for i believe 40 years although she looks much younger um so i just i'm just a little bit on a high regarding the women of new york and there were some real powerhouse uh women in that room and uh you know hats off to them I, I did hear some of their complaints about the workplace, and I kept looking at Diana, uh, my partner, and I'm like, "I don't do that, right? Like, that's we don't do that, right? I'm we take care of everyone, right?" And she's like, "Yes, Arthur. Yes, you have a we have an excellent work environment where we all get to balance our personal life and our uh, and our professional life. Because when you do what we do, that being in the law, it is taxing." It is stressful because many times we have other people's lives in our hands. And I don't just mean the criminal cases. Like, for example, Marion is doing a closing. She's doing a closing for people who are spending an enormous amount of money on their primary residence. And it's to them that at that point is their most important thing in their lives. At those moments, those hours, those days leading up to buying your first house or, your, or upgrading from a little house to a bigger house, th- there's nothing more important to you than that. And that pressure is all on Marion and our number one assistant, Danita, to make sure everything goes flawlessly. And believe me, there's a lot to a house closing, more than you would think, um, but at the same time, as we take that all seriously, you know, I speak of Diana and I speak fondly of her. You know, she's not only a mother of four, but she's now taking care of her elderly mother. And, and she's here traveling on the train from Connecticut on a regular basis. There is sometimes in the advocacy for women and women's right, rights, we lose the, um, we lose the, the, the essence of, of what a woman is and what a woman is that will trump a man anytime any day of the week is she is the human being on the planet that could not only create another human being but because let's face it the man's job is usually a very pleasant one and it's kind of a short lived one uh but not only do they, do they have a child, but my wife, our child hasn't had any nourishment whatsoever except that provided by her mother's own body. And to be able to balance that with the professionalism, you know, let's not lose the fact that uh, the role that women play in uh, our society, not only in the world of business, but let's not minimize what they do at home. And let's not um, look down upon women who say, you know what, I'm going to take some time off from my professional life. And I'm going to take care of my kids. I mean, my mom stopped teaching for a period of time. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's different people's priorities. But, you know, motherhood, in my opinion, is the most important job probably on the planet Earth. Because if you do not raise strong, healthy, and when I say strong, I mean uh, uh, emotionally strong, healthy young people to come to take us to the next level then the next level doesn't look too good so on the, the, the middle or almost towards the end of the, well, it's actually the third day of March of Women's History Month and let's rah, rah, Women's Month. I was so happy to be at this luncheon today and to someone who is a champion of women and who's going to tell us how well he is going to be, uh, as the governor, the next governor of the state of New York, uh, Andrew Giuliani is going to join us. And he's going to tell us his vision. I will uh, cross examine him lightly. I'm not going to go too crazy. I really want to hear what he has to say, but we'll, we'll ask some challenging questions. He's a fine young man. I don't know him very well, but I know him well enough to give him a hard time on the radio. And then afterwards, I have to, towards the end of the show, I have to give my friend Chris Hassan an opportunity to uh, give his thoughts on the State of the Union speech. The my head
3: is in a bad place
2: a good dad.
3: i running, to tongue up in my mind.
2: Let's talk about my friends at Connors and Sullivan. Planning for the future is always important, right? You're, you're listening to all these gubernatorial candidates and why, what they see for the future, what their vis- visions are for the future. Well, they're talking about the future of the whole state. How about the future of you and your family? Are you and your family protected? If you're not around to make the decisions that you want made, then who will make those decisions? Are your assets protected from probate? Are your nursing home costs going to drive you into bankruptcy or your estate into bankruptcy? The time to plan is now. You should have a will. You should have a trust, maybe, but definitely a will, a power of attorney, a healthcare proxy, a living will, and you should sit down with a lawyer to go over your estate plan. At Connors & Sullivan, the attorneys there are always looking out to protect your rights and your interests. They've been doing this and helping people in our community for 40 years. Call Connors & Sullivan today to schedule a free in-person initial consultation with an attorney at any of their convenient locations in Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. Visit their website at connorsandsullivan.com. And remember, folks... The biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is, say it out loud, not planning at all.
1: The Arthur Idalla Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the Metro Tri-State area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788.
2: Well, in New York City... Those of us who are old enough to remember the late 80s and very early 90s know that the person who came riding in on a white horse almost literally and changed that and cleaned this city up was the Honorable Rudolph Giuliani. And now all of these years later, uh, not not like Groundhog Day, much better than that, uh, we have his son, Andrew Giuliani, trying to jump on his white horse and, you know, I understand wanting to outdo your dad, but, you know, this is taking things to another level. You know, his father was only the mayor, and now Andrew wants to be the governor. And just to uh, make things crystal clear, uh, not only is Rudy Giuliani a friend of my dad's and the friend of my family, my law firm actually represents him in a couple of legal issues. But with that being said, that doesn't mean I'm not going to break Andrew's chops a little bit here. Uh, Welcome to the show, um, future Governor Andrew Giuliani.
4: Arthur, always great to be with you. You know, I've said that I really think my father is helping me so much in this gubernatorial run because he wants to ruin my inauguration the way I. Really well, you know, think, you know, it's that Italian, you know, vendetta he's got right there. So it's it's, it's so funny though. Back I
2: at- I actually wanted to talk to you about that because you may be the youngest person. Who's ever been lampooned on Saturday Night Live? <laughs> right? I mean, for people who don't remember, I mean I had just I, I had just started in the Brooklyn DA's office. Um and, you know, and you you know, you you were at your dad swearing in and uh, Saturday Night Live, I think it was Chris Farley, right? He pretended he was you and yep. you were all fidgety up there when he was making the speech. That's exactly right. And
4: I gotta tell you, the first week I'm working in the White House, Melissa McCarthy makes fun of Ch- Sean Spicer. And I went in the next day and I said, hey, Sean, you know, that wasn't bad, but it's not going to be Chris Farley. I'm sorry to say that there, there,
2: there you know, you I've, go. I've got the best one. Andrew, I want to I – look, everybody knows because you've been omnipresent. I know you've been to every county in the state. People know about about your, your political views, and we'll touch upon them. But what I'm a little curious about is – what was it like as a child, because you were a child growing up in Great Gracie Mansion and City Hall and the Yankee games and the ticket tape parades yeah. and the Giants winning the the Super Bowl
4: you know it was it was such a blessing, Arthur I mean, to be able to see and, and be exposed to uh, you know everything that I was and to see what you said before, really New York City turn from the rotting apple that we all knew it to be in the early 90s and change into the safest city in the world in four or five short years. um, You know, it's one of the things that's inspired me to run right now. But obviously the experiences, you know, were incredible and, and, you know, unique challenges. But I always would say this, you know, for every unique challenge that we had, there were five incredible opportunities that I was very, very blessed. So, uh, you know, I've, I've been inspired by much of what I saw growing up, and, and it's the same belief that I have in New York State that my father had in New York City in the 90s when he thought that it was not possible to govern New York City. As we're seeing New York State leave the country in out-migration, I know that we can be the Empire State again and be the passion for the world.
2: So now you go, you went you went on to Duke University, and I, I don't think it was a big secret. There was a time in your life, and correct me if I'm wrong, where you were seriously trying to become a professional <laughs> golfer. Is that accurate? Yeah, and what and happened but yeah you know i did i actually oh, professional no. well. Andrew are you on the train coming back from what i'm coming back from upstate or something like that i am on the train i'm going out to a little as a matter of fact you know as oh me, no i find it better. Andrew you're cutting in and out on me brother Oh, and he's gone. Just like that. Well, what I was what I was going to talk to Andrew about regarding his golf experiences. He tried to really become a professional golfer. And I know a lot of people who golf with him, including my friend Lawrence Taylor. Uh I think he's golfed with every president of the United States seriously. Maybe not Obama, but I'm I'm almost certain he golfed with Clinton. Um I know he's golfed definitely with President Trump. Um you know, to tr- to put your heart and soul into something the way he did, and then not achieve the goal, I'm curious to ask Andrew what his Andrew, you with me? I'm with you. So, Arthur, so what? So what you would you say life- what was, the life? Don't I worry about well. it. Don't worry about it. That's that's uh-huh. the the world we live in. What would you say the life lesson that you took away from trying so hard to be a professional golfer mm-hmm. and not achieving that goal?
4: Yeah look i think for me it was you know to to first off have the success in the minor leagues that i was able to to win 8 times was a blessing obviously I never made the PGA tour missed by two shots one year came close on the European tour another year um, but what really well is resilience right and, and I think to me I, I looked at it this way right uh, you know I stopped playing golf in, in the early 2010s and then five six short years later I had the opportunity to work with my friend in the White House with President Trump uh, I would not have had that opportunity had this other goal of mine actually been achieved and, and I made so many friends and and uh, my 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 daughter's godfather I, I met along the way, so you know many good experiences that I think have led me to this point in my life
2: so andrew how how I know your dad was annoyed by what happened at the Republican convention um, and how you know and look i look first of all let's be let's be honest Andrew, your dad's never going to be objective, right? My parents will never be objective you know I can mess up so bad it's what's called unconditional love. And I would like to think that exists in every household, but I know it exists in yours and in mine. So I obviously was very upset that they didn't, they could have cut some sort of deal where Zeldin got the nomination, but you got enough of a percentage of the vote. So you didn't have to go out and do the petitioning route. So now that you got to do the petitioning route, tell us what your game plan is. Well,
4: I'll tell you what, we have eight different teams all across the state. Uh, That's one of the reasons why I'm going out to Long Island tonight. As a matter of fact, we'll be a, Elkport Country Club uh, in, a, in a few in an hour or so so we're looking forward to making sure that we are hitting all around the state. We're on a very good pace right now through three days of the petition process uh, to, to make sure we double the required number that we need so I think we're going to be on the ballot uh, Arthur and I think not only that it's important to make sure that it's not just a few party bosses that get a say over who the nominee is but it really is the 2.9 million registered Republicans. Well, I, I mean I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, and look, if you look at every statewide poll so far, everyone has had us winning by double digits. Uh, to discount what the people are thinking and not even want to give them a chance on the ballot, uh, I think it tells you a little something about our party bosses. How days. many signatures do you need, Andrew?
2: How many signatures 15, do you need?
4: 15,000, 15, and we're on pace for 30,000 for three days. So we are and looking forward to doubling that number.
2: Do they have to be in different counties? Yes, you need to make
4: sure that you have at least half of the congressional district's having 100 signatures. So that's not a high requirement, but something we need to pay attention to.
2: Okay, so now Andrew, Andrew Giuliani gets sworn in as the governor. He beats Kathy Hochul. He's kind of, he's kind of, you know, he, let's just say that, that she wins, right? Cause you got Tom Suozzi is trying to, he's surging mm-hmm. here a little bit. He had a huge event yesterday, or the day before he he had a thousand people at the Sheridan Hotel. But let's just say it's the first female governor. You now defeat her. You get sworn in. You're in the, you're in the governor's mansion. You're in Albany. What's the first thing you do on the first day?
4: First thing, we work to repeal bail reform. We have to. It's the number one issue that we're dealing with all across the state. This is not just a New York City problem. Look at Rochester. Last year, you had the most murders ever in recorded history in Rochester by by October. Um, So to me, this is something we're dealing with all across the state. Uh, And we need to make sure every single day as governor, I need to get up, ask myself, and ask my staff. What are we doing to make New York State the safest state? So what's
2: the n- what's number think- two? Like everyone everyone is on that. It's, it's easy, the crime bandwagon. Yeah. So what's number two? Let's say by the time you get yeah. sworn in, God willing, here in the city, mm-hmm. Eric Adams and the new police commission they have everything under control. Cl- climb is plummeting. Right now. now you come in, and now, now what's your priority?
4: Well, crime is definitely number one, and that's why I'm calling her, calling her crime wave Kathy Hochul until she repeals bail reform. But I'd say 2A, 2B, and 2C, because they really are, you know... Go ahead, lay the them A's out for us, me. It's their second issue, right? First off, education. We need to make sure we get more charter schools to New York. we got to double the 450 charter school cap by the end of my first term and make sure that we have a tax voucher program. 2B, we need to end whatever mandates are still here regarding the vaccine and the mask. If that's still... if if that still actually is something that we're dealing with in 10 months, on day one, I will end those mandates and give everybody their job back who lost it with back pay because of it. And I would also say, of course, we cannot compete with California to be the highest tax state in the country, and we have to reduce regulation. We need New York to be the economic center of the world again, not the sunshine state.
2: So when you are now going to be up and debating Lee Zeldin and Rob Astorino at the very least, what's going to make... Uh, Andrew Giuliani, I mean, more or less, the three of you more or less are on the same uh, are saying the same thing. So there's yeah. not really drastic differences between you and, and no one would expect there to be I, my my guess, uh, as they did, I guess, with Dan Quell is yeah. they may attack you on your age, Andrew, because you are by mm-hmm. far the youngest person in the race. I think uh, you're yeah. almost 20 years younger than Rob Astorino, who's run statewide before. So how are you going to handle it? I mean, you know, uh, what I, uh, Lloyd Benson said I knew Jay, I knew Jack Kennedy—and you know Jack Kennedy to uh, to Dan <laughs> Quayle. But so how are you going to handle the, the youth in, issue?
4: Well, what I would say is this, right? I would actually, you're like you said, also become the youngest governor in the history of our great state. I'd be surpassing by a couple months a guy by the name of uh, Teddy Roosevelt. You might have heard of him before.
1: Look, age
4: was the number one factor. If age was the number one factor, Thomas Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence in 27. Hamilton was Washington's aide de camp during in the Revolutionary at 23. Some of our greatest Americans would not have served in the capacity they are. But I think the big difference that you're going to see between me and my Republican competitors and friends, you're going to see in a Governor Giuliani, somebody that's going to come and take a wrecking ball to Albany, not somebody that's going to tweak a couple of things from the inside and conform. You're going to get somebody like a Rudy Giuliani in New York in the 90s, like a Donald J.
2: Trump, no, i'm going listen andrew six andrew six eight, wrecking six, ball three. andrew wrecking ball giuliani <laughs> five seconds tell us your website tell us how to find you go ny
4: for giuliani.com for giuliani.com thank you arthur as always great to be on with you
2: wrecking ball giuliani see you soon andrew
4: me, tiny in my hand.
2: well boy we have certainly been talking about the empire state a lot today But what better name for a bank than the Empire State Bank? That's right, folks. Right here in Brooklyn, Staten Island, and Queens, the Empire State Bank specializes in providing innovative financial solutions, personal service, and industry expertise to run and grow your business. They have designed a special program because they know a lot of lawyers listen to this program. That's why they wanted to advertise. They wanted us to hear about it here on this show. So they have designed the attorney advantage banking program. It's a specialized banking program to meet the challenges of law firms. Empire State Bank's Iola escrow account management is built for attorneys and law firms with the fiduciary responsibility of managing clients funds. You can allocate Account interest, generate reports, disperse funds, generate year-end tax preparation, and all your funds are safe. You know why? Empire State Bank provides FDIC insurance greater, greater. That usually means more than the quarter of a million dollars that other banks provide. Open an IOLA checking account and take advantage of your law firm's ability to go to the next level with attorney advantage banking exclusively at Empire State Bank locations, Brooklyn, Staten Island, and Queens. Call Empire State Bank today at 833-393-7700, 833-393-7700, or visit ESBNA.com. Tell them Arthur Idollah sent you. I know he's a pretty decent lawyer, and he handles his clients' money very, very carefully, and we want to do the same thing that he does. They are a member of FDIC Equal Housing Lender you've spent a lifetime
5: building a life continue your independent carefree lifestyle overlooking the hudson river at riverwalk senior apartments by river spring living in riverdale live independently while surrounded by friends in this vibrant community filled with cultural activities gourmet meals hospitality services and caring staff learn how river spring living balances independence and support at riverwalk.org better yet schedule a private tour by calling 855-45-RIVER that's 855-45-RIVER
1: want more of am 970 the answer and our hosts then interact with us follow us on twitter for breaking news what's coming up on the radio thoughts from our hosts deals from our advertisers and more our handle is at am 970 the answer come on tweet with us News, opinion, passion. This is AM 970, The Answer.
6: 37 degrees, generally clear skies on this Thursday evening. What's going on? We have the answer. Well, Mayor Eric Adams is expected to announce tomorrow whether he'll be lifting the school mask mandate in the five boroughs. He has previously said he's expecting to make masks optionals in schools starting next Monday, March 7th, but he wanted to wait until the end of this week to review COVID data and make a final call. A school official tells Gothamist that the city will be still requiring masks for children under the age of five in school even if the mask mandate is lifted. Meanwhile, New York City Comptroller Brad Lander and Public Advocate Jamani Williams sent a letter to Mayor Adams asking to make the coronavirus vaccine mandatory for all eligible students for the start of the next school year. More people are returning to the office here in New York City. Kathy Wild, president of the Partnership for New York City, said a new survey says employers realized it wasn't a, quote, one size fits all return to work policy. A new survey shows only 35 percent of city workers have returned to the office full time. In the meantime, the partnership predicts, barring another severe COVID variant, there'll be a steady increase of people returning to office buildings in the next month with possible near full employment back by Labor Day. Taking a look at the traffic across the Hudson, back to New Jersey at the Holland Tunnel, a 20 to 30 minute wait, 5 to 10 minutes on the inbound side. Lincoln Tunnel, 20 to 30 minutes out, 5 to 10 on the inbound side. George Washington Bridge into and out of the city, we are doing okay on the span. If you're trying to get to the outbound GW Bridge, north down West Side Highway, that's going to be a slow ride from the 70s up to the GWB. FDR generally heavy from the 30s up to the George Washington Bridge. Your forecast for tonight, clear skies, overnight low of 23. A lot of sun tomorrow, high of 38. Cloudy on Saturday, high of 47. Clouds with some rain on and off on Sunday. Nice temperature, though, 65 degrees by the afternoon. Cloudy again on Monday with a chance of an afternoon shower or thunderstorm, high 61. And now you know what's going on. I am Mike Barker, AM 970, The Answer.
1: We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, Attorney Arthur Idala.
2: Robert Patrick Astorino. See, you get it all here on the Idala Power Hour. You don't just get one uh, candidate for governor on the Republican primary, you get two all in the same day. Might as well just front load the whole show. So, Mr. Astorino. This is Arthur Idala. How are you, sir? Arthur, so you
0: just played Start Me Up by The Rolling Stones, and I took the stage the other day to I Won't Back Down by Tom Petty.
2: <laughs> oh, and I, you know, after probably The Rolling Stones and Springsteen, uh, Petty is the one I saw most in concert. And my son, Luca, who's 15 and I, who are very close and we do all the, the shows together. I was so bummed out when Petty died that, uh, you know, he did not get an opportunity to see him because he has seen Bruce. He has seen the Stones. He has seen you, too. I said, I wish you could see the two I regret because I know you're a radio guy, <laughs> Rob. The two I regret are, because they passed away is Petty and Bowie. Those were, yeah. those were two big ones. And I was Before-
0: my wife and I were able to see Tom Petty uh, in at Hunter Mountain, part of Mountain, Mountain Fest. Mountain Jam. A few. It was about a month before he died. I think it was.
1: Wow. I think it
0: might have been his last last concert or second to last. Right before he died, we saw him.
2: Well, Rob, I know. Look, I know what an accomplished politician you are, and 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 how well you know how to be a, 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 a leader of this state. However, just to humor me or encourage me a little bit, I'm pretty new to this whole radio gig. And I'm not sure how many people know about your background in radio and communication, which is such a huge part of being a governor. I mean, let's face it, no matter how you felt about Andrew Cuomo, those initial days of the pandemic when we were all afraid and we didn't know what was going on, his communication skills for many people kind of you know, was, a soothing, uh, was a soothing part of those, that 11 o'clock press conference. Tell us a little bit about your life in the media
0: yeah I my whole life it's been radio and TV, both on the air and in management. and i was I started off in local radio. Actually, my first job, Arthur, was in a helicopter and plane doing traffic reports for New York City radio stations <laughs> uh, at like fifteen hundred feet above you know the Gowanus or the New Jersey Turnpike or wherever. And it was great. And at, in two thousand and one, I was hired by Disney to launch ESPN radio in New York and had a great time doing that. Then I went to Sirius XM Satellite Radio. You mentioned my Catholic ties, and you know we um, we were talking off the air about the Catholicism and stuff, and that's where I was. I launched the Catholic Channel on Sirius XM Satellite Radio and had a had a great time. I was also on CNN as one of their very few, very very few Republicans on the air. So it, that's that's my career. I've had. No, a, I know a I, you know.
2: I know ESPN's kind of, uh, the ESPN's anchor uh, tenant, so to speak, is Michael Kay. So am I putting you out there as a New York Yankees fan, or how's that working out?
0: I definitely have been a New York Yankees fan my whole life, and Michael Kay and I are friends uh, since we worked together back 20 years ago, and we stay in touch all the time. Plus, he and I went to Fordham, not together. We were on campus at the same time, but we were both at Fordham.
2: Oh, and he's a, he's a very f- proud Fordham person, and I yeah. am a very proud Fordham person. I'm the only one in my family who didn't go to Fordham. Everyone wow. in my family went to Fordham. Yeah, I'm not smart like everybody else in my family <laughs> is. But Rob, let me ask you a question. You know, uh, you and I sat literally shoulder to shoulder in, at the third row of St. Patrick's Cathedral for the funeral of Detective Mora. And yeah. as a, you know, as a New Yorker who now wants to lead the entire state, you know, I ran, I helped run Joe Heinz's campaign for attorney general in 1994. <laughs> Remember wow. what crime was like back then? This was yeah. before, you know, yeah. Giuliani had just, just come in and his logo was his, uh, for, uh, his motto was whatever it was for his campaign ad was, if we don't fight crime, the other fights don't matter. And that kind of okay. makes sense, right? Yeah, okay, great. The streets are clean and our kids are getting educated, but we've got 3,000 murders in the city in a year. So what is, what is Governor Astorino, who, you know, you're not the mayor, you're not in charge of the police commissioner, but what does Governor Astorino do to address crime?
0: If you remember, when you were running in, <clears throat> running Hines' campaign and worked with him in 94, George Pataki got elected, and one of his biggest issues was the death penalty because – Crime was so out of control and cops were being killed and you had soft on crime prosecutors and things like that. You know, flash forward and we're dealing with similar circumstances. And you're right that the governor doesn't control the New York Police Department, but the governor has a lot of say at what happens in in the state, including in New York City. And one of the biggest reasons why crime is spiking so high is because you have a district attorney like Alvin Bragg who got elected uh, and took office in January, who said, I'm not going to prosecute crimes. I don't like them. I I don't believe in it, blah, blah, blah. Well, the governor has the authority to remove Alvin Bragg or any district attorney who doesn't faithfully execute the laws and do his job. That's Article 13, Section 13 of the Constitution, and I would do that. This no-cash bail has been not only dangerous, it has been deadly, and that needs to be repealed, and I will do that. And the governor has an enormous amount of influence. Leverage, okay, but Rob, and hold on. Just
2: like, let me just ask you one question. So let's just play mm-hmm. this out, like like a like best case slash worst case. So best case is you're the governor. The worst case for you is you have a democratically controlled Senate and Assembly. Yep. How do you how do you tackle those bail laws?
0: You I how- had the same circumstances in Westchester, where I had a Democratic County Board the entire eight years, and we got everything done uh, that I wanted for the most part. You know, we cut taxes and health spending and all these other initiatives. You do it through leverage, the power of the of the executive, the agencies you control, the things that they want and need as well that you control. But also, if it doesn't happen through standalone legislation, you can do it through the budget process where the governor has the peak of his authority or her authority. And, and I would use that. and the, And the legislature would have to swallow it whole or – shut down and not vote for a budget and shut everything down which they will not do so, so just just a lot walk can me, get done
2: so just walk me through that only because Rob this is such a hot button issue even though I have mm-hmm. a law firm here in New York City of 20 lawyers who do a lot of other things besides criminal law I primarily do criminal law and um, yeah, this is just the, the world that I live in so obviously it intrigues me and I I know it intrigues uh, the listeners you know the mayor of the city of New York went up to Albany, whatever, weeks after he was elected. He had his swagger. He had his mandate yeah. from the people. And he came home empty-handed. So now I understand he doesn't have the power of the budget the way a governor right. does. But, you know, the, they – basically slammed the door in his face. And these are kind of his quote-unquote friends, right? He was a senator. He was up there. These are his people, and he couldn't get it done. Why is Governor Rob Astorino going to be able to get it done? Are you just saying you're going to hold the financial hammer over their heads, and if they don't do it, they're going to lose a whole bunch of funding for their own uh yeah, among many
0: other things. And the, the, the mayor didn't have the keys. The governor has the keys. So the governor can control that process. Uh, and has even a bigger bully pulpit. So, yeah, it can be done. But there's other things, like the governor, Governor Hochul's less is more, where she's emptying our prisons. Uh, The parole board, which has released almost two dozen cop killers in the last two years. All of these things need to be completely revamped, and, and that's what we will do. Crime is, you know, you cannot have a functioning society. You can't have a prospering city and... If you have people who don't feel safe, who don't want to come into the city and enjoy it, don't want to spend their dollars there, or people don't want to work there, or don't want to take the subway because they're afraid of getting hit with a bag of poop, or or getting hit over the head so with a hammer thrown on the. Track. I got you.
2: I only have a limited amount of time, Rob. I don't mean to cut you off because you you clearly have made your point, and I got it, and it's it's a a point well made. Here's let's let's talk about now reality a little bit. You, um, even though you've run statewide before. Uh, and the latest polls show that Andrew Giuliani has the the higher name recognition, not because of the Andrew part, but because of the Giuliani part. <laughs> right. So you're kind of at like a little bit of a deficit there. Now, Zeldin has the, got 85% of the vote at the convention. So you're at a little bit of a deficit there. So even though you're the only one of the three who's run statewide, it seems like, you know, you're in a little bit of a corner with both of those, uh, both of those gentlemen. So tell us why. Rob Astorino in June is going to be the Republican nominee.
0: Well, I love Andrew, and we talk a lot. And he has also, on the other side of that, a 50% unfavorable because of his last name. So he, in many ways, it's, it's, he's unelectable in November. Lee Zeldin had his time in Albany. He was with Cuomo in the Senate majority and voted for all the Cuomo budgets and the Cuomo initiatives and said Cuomo should be president. I don't think that's the kind of person we need who already had his chance in Albany and blew it while I was calling Cuomo corrupt at that time, and rightfully so. Westchester is a critical, and the Hudson Valley, critical to a Republican winning statewide. We're all going to win Long Island. We're all going to win upstate, meaning any Republican. And we've got to get to about 30 percent. I speak Spanish. We've always done very well with minorities. And in Westchester, where Trump lost by 37 points, I'm the only one that can win Westchester or be competitive. I can win Rockland, which is two to one Democrat. Rob, we got 20
2: seconds. I want you to do a quick commercial. Tell us, tell people where they can find you and look you up and check you out. Robasterino.com.
0: Please hit the volunteer button, help us or donate and follow me on social media at Robasterino.
2: Thank you so much, Rob, for coming on, buddy. God bless you. Best of luck and go out there and do the best you can for New York.
0: I will, and we will win. Thank you, Arthur.
2: Thanks, buddy.
1: 788.
5: Hey, it's Joe Piscopo. You don't want to miss what's in store for you at Harrah's Resort in Atlantic City. It's the seventh annual 21st Century Drug and Violence Prevention Training Conference put on by LEAD, Law Enforcement Against Drugs. As a community, let's come together as one and help develop our youth into leaders of tomorrow. LEAD partners law enforcement agencies with our educators, community leaders, families to create programs that deter youth and adults from drug use, drug-related crimes, bullying, and violence. Violence. They are committed to reinforcing the mutual respect, goodwill, and relations between law enforcement and their communities. Exactly what this country needs. Registration is available for the three day conference at Harrah's Resort in Atlantic City, March 20th through the 22nd. Sign up at leaddrugs.org. That's lead, L E A D Drugs.org. Help bring law enforcement and our community together during these difficult times. Sign up for the seventh annual lead conference today.
1: It's Doctor Lederman speaking with 007 about prostate cancer. You're 007, the real so, 007.
4: I was diagnosed in 2005 with prostate cancer. I requested a biopsy. Why? Going up, I got a biopsy that I had cancer in
1: my prostate. And then the yeah. doctor told you, "Hey, you gotta have surgery." Did your doctor tell you about Doctor Lederman and radio surgery? It's his bread and butter to operate. Not
4: only do they leave the cancer behind. which is the most important thing, but you're incontinent and your sex life is kaput. I knew about your uh, treatment which was very easy to do.
1: Fifteen years later, your PSA is zero.
4: My uh, urinary life is okay, and my sex life is
1: very good. For more cancer information, call Dr. Lederman, 212-CHOICES, 212 212-CHOICES. 212 Most insurances, Medicare, Medicaid accepted, 1384 Broadway. Call Dr. Lederman, 212-CHOICES, 212 212-CHOICES. 212 Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer.
4: Wow, paper what a thin? show! Like
2: a Woo. House
4: heart, from cave
3: Hope you guys do are you as psyched as I am. Astorino, Giuliani, Giuliani,
2: Astorino. So you know Who do you follow that up with? Obviously, Zelda, but he wasn't available today. So I got the next best thing. Come on, Matt. Let me hear the end. Go. Because here they come. I'm going to take them down. Woo! Pass it. There you go, baby. When I hear this song, you know what I think of? I'm going to make you laugh because Sam Bellino didn't even know to play this. I think of the fireworks going off all over Washington, D.C., When Katy Perry sang this live, when the great Joe Biden became the president of the United States of America. All right. All right. Let me give everyone a little context here. First of all, uh, I just want to thank Andrew Giuliani and Rob Astorino for jumping on. And I have a feeling we'll be hearing from them often over the next couple of months. Um, and, uh, yesterday I kind of ragged on Chris Hassan, uh, on the radio and he was texting me back and that wasn't fair. And he was right. It wasn't fair. Uh, Chris and I grew up together. His older brother, who was exactly my age, were we brothers from another mother. But, and we literally hung out with each other's mothers. I was with Chris's mom uh on monday um chris took my sister to the prom i mean i just giving you some my like, context of how we know each other Uh-oh. we've been to Uh-oh. we've been to more concerts concerts together than uh, we can count but you know i yeah. i said that i think my comment was uh and i'm sure a lot of uh listeners are more on chris's side than mine but i said in president biden's state of the union speech I said, to me, it was good enough. In other words, he did what he needed to do to not look like he was sleepy or tired or inarticulate mm-hmm. or whatever that word is. And you took my head off. So here it is, my friend. I, I Ladies and gentlemen, I, I science teacher, 50, yeah. 53-year-old Chris Hassan. Or are you 52? Are 50, you 52 going to be 52?
3: I'm going to be 52. Don't, don't age me yet, all right? All right. <laughs> and I, 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 and I, I'm not running for governor. So you're the two guests. Don't have to worry. So go ahead, Chris. Yeah, Tell us what your
2: thoughts were Um, on the State of the Union.
3: First, uh, believe it or not, I do want him to succeed. Even though I didn't vote for him, it it would be ridiculous for me to say that as an American and and being directly affected by everything he does. I would love him to succeed. Unfortunately, I don't think he's got a clue. Unfortunately, it's just everything he's done. I like the intro to Ukraine. I understand. I, I mean... You know, uh, Putin is, is uh, a megalomaniac, and, and I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I was happy to hear he said, you know, we're going to stop Russian planes uh, from uh, our airspace. Uh, but then I find out we buy 7 percent of our oil from Russia. And I find that out actually, you know, from Joe Manchin, a Democrat who's been the pariah now because he didn't support the Build Back Better, which I got to keep hearing about this plan. I mean, come on. Give it a break. Well, it's not going through. It's okay, going but it, through.
2: It, they're going to—they're trying to tweak it. I mean, you know, they're trying to tweak oh, it. I mean, he—you he, know—want <laughs> to break it apart and just
3: cherry pick the important issues. They threw so much in there. Give, give, give. My God, you grew up in a family. You know, you work hard. You earn, earn your living. I, I mean, come on now. What are we? What are we saying to everyone now? Fair share. How many times do you really have to hear that? Fair share. Okay. Fair well, share. Yeah, everyone deserves their fair share. Right. I mean, come
2: on now. Now it was I, the it, 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 yeah. Chris, well, hold on, hold on, just breathe for a second. I mean, I'm, again, I'm sure the listeners, uh, many of them, are so in your corner right now. But don't you think it was like a little victory lap for America overcoming COVID? The fact that everyone in that room was maskless.
3: Uh, boy, that was convenient, wasn't it? And I'm well, I finally yeah. got to take the mask off. <laughs> But boy, it was so convenient when it came out, huh? I teed I mean, I te- that one up for it. you. Wow. <laughs> wow. Te- you built that up pretty good, huh? And well, listen, I, um, I just took my mask off the other day. Believe it or not, we are allowed to. And there's still 90% of, of the students and faculty have, of, are afraid to take it off.
2: Well, that's um, interesting. You know? Yeah. So they have a choice uh, to take uh, it uh, off, but they're choosing not to take it off.
3: Yep. Uh, yeah, which is surprising to me. And, again, I, I, I'm a science teacher. I, I worked as a microbiologist. I know more about science than, you know, most of the average people out there. And, and, and again, you know, I got the vaccine. But, uh, I, you know, now it's time to move on. And well, you, you got, got the COVID. COVID. You, you, were one of the,
2: you were actually one of the I first people. It, you yeah, had the OG March, COVID.
3: Yep. Yeah, well, because I'm up in Yonkers, and that's where it began. And, and I was sick for a good three weeks. I got back. I got the vaccine, and then I got sick and missed Christmas. The first Christmas, I ever you and me, brother. I made it brother. Back for the polar bear blood for you. So yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: You and you and me both, Chris. Real quick, only because I know you are a student of politics. Uh, let's yeah. talk a little bit more about New York City. You know, you drive through Manhattan every day. You drive uh, through the World Trade Center site when you, you know, we we lost your brother every day, it, every, every day. day. Good and and th- good morning and good night to my brother. Every but tell best me, best tell best. me what your thoughts are and your feelings about New York City, because you know that well, drive you go, you go through the whole West Side, and you've gone oh through man, it now right. for a long time through the Bloomberg administration, the De Blasio administration.
3: years, yeah, right. Yeah. So, well, so well, talk I mean, to you. Know, me. You
2: mentioned the other day. You mentioned the
3: other day. He did mention fund the police. That's great, and I and I and I was glad to hear him say that. But how are you going to fund the police when? Let's face it. These progressive DAs like Bragg in New York are just letting all the criminals out. I'm talking about violent criminals. And every progressive city in this country, L.A., San Francisco, Chicago, we're planning to go to California to see my family. We're like, where are we going to stay? Let's go to the beach. Beach? What beach? It's a tent city. I mean, it's disgraceful. What are we doing? And he's an educated man. Harvard, Bragg, is a lot smarter than I am. Why is
2: it so hard to, to realize? You know, because, what I mean, rabbis. what they're saying, and I, I want to change topics, but what he's saying, because I want to do something fun to end the show with, because I, I very rare I get to talk to you sure. on, on the radio. But yeah. what Bragg is yeah, saying, yeah. don't forget, he's a guy who grew up in Har, in, in Harlem, and look, if you go into the criminal court, I did my homework, I read about him, but uh, I know. I mean, I mean, if you go into the criminal court, it's, it's no secret the color of the people's skin of the majority of them are not exactly uh, Irish Americans. Let's put it that way. And they're so trying 40, to 40 fix 40 it.
3: Times? You mean like you like if, uh, look, if you got 40 arrests? I mean, what is their number? There are Very I few mean, people.
2: I don't know. Chris, I agree. There are very few people except the people running things in Albany who don't agree that we need some bail reform. But speaking of reform, I don't know if the computer, I mean, I'm sure Big Brother's listening because as I'm prepping for the show and I'm on the computer, this thing pops up by a website called Yard Barker and it comes up the Rolling Stones top 50 songs of all time. So we're not going to go through all 50, Chris, but I just want to rattle off a couple and feel free to react as you like. Number 50, one of my all-time favorites by Keith Richards, Happy.
1: Number 43 from 43
2: from Exile, Rocks Off. Number 38, Shattered. All right. Number 31, uh, our really theme song. Shattered, was that low? Yeah. 38. Okay. Number 31 on the Idol Power Hour theme song, Start Me Up. Number 27. Yeah. Number 27, also by Keith, Dead Flowers. 25, Wild Horses. 16. Oh,
3: that, a, yeah,
2: 16, Lucas' favorite, Tumbling Dice. 13. Is that his favorite? That's, that's awesome. Lucas' favorite, Tumbling Dice. And when we saw him, Chris and I, and Chris's son, Julian, is, is Luca's best friend at the same great. age. We yeah. took them to, to yeah. see the Stones together with Uncle Doug. That number 13, awesome. You Can't Always Get What You Want with the Boys Choir uh, of Harlem. Yeah. Number seven, Jumpin' Jack Flash. Number three, Sympathy for the Devil.
3: That was three, huh? I thought it might be at number one. But, number, uh, two, ever. number two, Satisfaction.
2: Number two, Satisfaction, which was they end every concert with. And number one, which I was a little surprised, was "Give Me Shelter." Give Me Shelter. Give Me Shelter. Uh, yeah. 1968, I think they wrote that tune. So that's shelter. it, Hassan. Yeah, I got I mean, you. Got your say on the Idol Power Hour, so yeah, I don't want to hear it that you, that you didn't brother. get equal time.
3: I, I I appreciate that. It's hard, you know. It's hard to read off of a text somebody, and, and you, and you want to explain. I love this country. Uh, I love America. The last, uh, well, the first day of the union that really moved me was, of course, after 9/11. You know, I cried through it watching Bush. I wish we had that unity again. It was that well, one we'll get room, it, not one person sitting down. I hope so. I love Tonight, you. Good night, everybody. See you
2: tomorrow.
1: The preceding program, sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi.